All right, that sounds good. Craig Bot's recording. Gabe is coming back in a second. Or oh, you... no, no. I, the joke was that, like, we, we switched roles because I was like, I asked if you were ready. And you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Do, do that thing. Do that thing. What thing? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, you know, what, what's going on, guys? Well, no, 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 no. I was just going to, you know, you never know. Hold on. I got to make sure everything's good because every time we do live, I fuck this up. So I just want to make sure for once that everything's all right. All right, Gabe. All right. Are you ready? Yes. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number 161. 161. We are back on a absolutely gorgeous day on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. I am your host, Jacob, and of course, I have my, my co-host extraordinaire. That's that, that's your cue. Uh, it's me. What up, guys? <laughs> um, You know, I've been on this podcast for like 156 episodes, so y'all yeah. probably used to my voice now. I mean, you would think so, but you never know. The world is a strange place. But yeah, man, it's been uh what, two weeks, three weeks since we've done a show. Um yeah, you know, all right. I just wanted uh I just wanted to get something out there because we do have some stuff to talk about and stuff that I wanted to still be relevant when the next you know, the next podcast came up. So uh that's what's going on right now. But yeah, uh we are back. like I said, it's been a been a uh, couple weeks. How are you feeling? How's everything going on, buddy? Good, man. We we doing all right. Um, like you said, it's an absolutely gorgeous fucking day out. Uh, so nice. we were driving around with the top down um things of that nature took a photography recently so that's that hmm. um you, you know the man with too many hobbies and not enough time i feel <laughs> i feel bro so um, I, I was uh kicking around on i think it was your twitter was it your twitter and you had some killer red pants oh dude people love or hate those pants you know that <laughs> it's like drawn a lot of controversy really yeah, so they're uh, okay. So for everybody listening in, I bought these. Uh, they're essentially dress pants, but there's like a rose print on them, and they're in this like red color, right? And I, I saw them. I was like, I have to have these. Like this is like totally like my style, right? Yeah. Yep. Bottom came in, and we were going out Friday for somebody's birthday. Threw them on. And I wore that uh, that granddad shirt, right? Yeah. And and like people were like, oh my god, this is so gaudy. And then on the other end of the spectrum, they're like, oh my god, I fucking love it. And I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, man, these these are some controversial ass pants, huh? So, like, the people who don't like them, what, what's the beef? They're just like, they're they're either like, oh, they're too tight on you, which is like, I mean, if you know me, I wear tight fucking pants. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like nothing new, yeah, per se. And then the other thing is like, dude, like they're just so loud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think they were that bad. They could have. I've definitely seen worse. They could have been like mustard colored. You've seen me wear more questionable things. I have. If we're being honest. One, one time, Gabe, uh, so, Gabe came onto the podcast with a flannel shirt and a slipknot bandana over his head looking like a vato. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I had a, I had a t-shirt, and then the flannel was only buttoned at, at the, the top. top. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I had the, the aviators on. I correct. Like, hey, Holmes, you ready to record? I've, see, I've definitely seen Gabe in more suspect attire than those pants. But my wife was like, what? I was channeling. <laughs> 
<laughs> my wife was like, "What is wrong with your friend?" I'm like, "I, I think I don't. I didn't think they were that bad. I don't know." <laughs> but that, oh, so, so your wife commented on my pants? Yeah, she's like, "Did you see what Gabe was wearing?" I'm like, "No," and she showed me. I'm like, "I don't think it's that big of a deal." And she's like. Oh my god, they're so bad. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you see, it draws controversy. I didn't think it was that bad, Gabe. I'm on your side on this one, all right? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah. I just thought it was hilarious. So many people were like, dude. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh maybe uh hopefully maybe with the maybe I'll make that the cover episode. The picture of the cover the cover <laughs> the cover just for the episode. Pants. Yeah, just you and your pants. <laughs> we'll see. Uh or uh or re- replace the red in the logo with like the pants texture. <laughs> I might have to do that. I'm gonna have to find somebody to do that. But yeah, so uh, send it over to me. I can knock that out for you. Oh, do it, do it, do it. Okay, cool. So uh, that's what we're gonna do. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're having a, a grand old time. Uh, for me, same old stuff. You know, um, working, working, working. Uh, Adriana's got a budding business uh, that she started up, and uh, it's going pretty well. You know, she's doing baked goods, and um, oh, that'll been an excellent name. Oh, I don't mean waste. Uh, uh, but yeah, she's doing baked goods and stuff. Uh, Custom made orders, a lot of fruit. Fruit related, uh, you know, like pastries, and uh, it's going pretty well. She made a coffee cake for my sister today, so you know. Other than that, managing that, making sure she's not spending too much money on that—that's what I've been doing, you know. So uh, yeah, her stuff looks absolutely gorgeous. I see it on Snapchat all the time, and I get hungry. Yeah, it's it's very very good. And outside of streaming from time to time, which I've been uh, trying to do a little bit more of, rearranging my office. Uh, I don't know if I—I yeah, I did told you about that. Me and the baby switched rooms, so the baby got the big bigger room now. Uh, I finagled that desk out of the office and it's in the garage and I got a new one. So you absolute behemoth. Yeah. I, I <laughs> do, because dude, like honestly that desk kept me up at, late at night for like probably a month and a half. Cause we, we determined a while ago that we were going to move, move offices and switch with the baby. And I'm like, man, this fucking desk is going to be a bitch. The, the, I'm like, am I gonna have to cut it in half? Like, I, I didn't want to do that. You know, it was something my grandpa worked on. I didn't want to have to cut it in half. But if it was gonna, if that's what was gonna have to be done, it was gonna have to be done. And I bought the new desk because I'm like, hey, you know, um, I don't think the new desk is gonna fit in the office. And even if I get it out of the current room, I don't think it's gonna fit in the new room. Turns you gotta, out, like, finagle it. Yeah, turns out actually, I think I could have gotten into the the new office pretty easily, uh, but. You know, we got the new desk already, so I'm like, you know what? Let's just get it out of the house, and next time when it's uh, when we're ready to move, it'll be a hell of a lot easier just to get the desk straight out the house, you know? So, um, yeah, we did that. Um, everything's moved out. Got a new desk. Everything is set up the way I kind of like it, you know? So, um, you know, everything everything's looking the way I want to. So, pretty happy with that overall. But we have some uh, uh, topics to talk about that I wanted to get to. Yeah. So uh, let, let's open up with the uh, with kind of the most recent piece of news. Yeah. Very sad um, information that came through earlier. Uh, actually, in the past 24, 48 hours, yeah, um, 48 Chadwick hours. Boseman is dead, unfortunately. Yes. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend has passed away from stage four mm-hmm. stomach cancer, was it? Colon cancer, yeah. Colon cancer. Um, man, this, this really came out of fucking left field, dude. I don't even know. Like, when you texted me that, I, like, didn't want to believe it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, my uh, I got the word I think late Friday night I think it was. Um, my wife told me she's like Chadwick Boseman's dead, the guy who plays Black Panther. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. There's no way because you know the last time we saw him on screen, he was he was fucking T'Challa, you know. So uh, and then I guess recently there had been pictures of him, um, you know, really skinny, and people have thought maybe it was for a role. You know, it's not uncommon 
for actors to lose a lot of weight for a role and stuff like that. Turns out that, like you said, that he did have stage four colon cancer and was filming all of those Marvel movies sick, you know, very sick. And uh, it's just kind of proven that he's just a warrior in every every sense of the word from top to bottom. I literally cannot think of anybody better to play the roles that he's played. You know, he's played Jackie Robinson. He was Jackie Robinson. He died on Jackie Robinson Day. So that's kind of a weird turn of events. Uh, he played James Brown, obviously T'Challa. You know, they're gonna, uh, so it's just plenty of roles that he's played. Iconic people, real life people. And uh, yeah, he will be terribly missed. I, I was stunned by this news, and it kind of came out of left field, like you said. So, yeah, man, rest in peace to the king of Wakanda. And uh, I wonder, rest in power, man, absolutely. And I'm genuinely curious on what they're going to do uh, with the Black Panther moving forward in the Marvel films. So, uh, do you have any idea what they can do? What 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 what, what would you do in their in their situation? Uh, probably make the Black Panther a title that it's passed down, and mm-hmm. then have a new person take up the the king of wakanda essentially you know what i mean yeah absolutely if, they, if that's something they want to continue and keep cranking out more black panther films then find somebody else who fits the role yeah um and you know like kind of run with it and do like a little tribute as they did to stan lee in the um in the past couple of films and mm-hmm. you know kind of kind of move forward with um with their keeping everybody's grace intact there we go absolutely yeah it was uh Pretty pretty wild, and um, I guess maybe we'll, we'll we'll kick around in the coming weeks. I think something we're not going to do right now because out of respect for the man, I don't want to think about who's going to replace him already, you know. But um, yeah, maybe in the next couple of weeks we can kick around maybe candidates to pick, take up the mantle, so to speak. Right, so that'll be coming down the pipeline. But with that being said, uh, we got some uh, we got some trailers to talk about. De- yeah, so the first one up, Death on the Nile. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Did you see this trailer? Yeah, it's really good, actually. Yeah. I like, almost forgot how bad the ending was for the previous one. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the trailer is just absolutely phenomenal. It looks absolutely gorgeous. And, uh, you know, Gal Gadot is going to be uh, playing a lead role in it and uh, bringing back the same guy who played the detective pr- prior and uh, a bunch of uh, basically a who's who as far as the ensemble cast, you know, a lot of big names in there. And uh, this the thing. the only thing that's got me kind of um, – scared is because the first one looked like that too <laughs> you know so yeah. uh i am slightly apprehensive of this film just due to the fact that it was you know it was the same situation with the first movie uh the murder on Orient express so uh i i just wanted to see what our opinions are of the, of the situation you know and uh, uh okay well I still kind of stand by my point that the first one wasn't necessarily a bad movie. It was the ending that really kind of tarnished the entire buildup. Um, but, I, you know, my, my concern is that, like, we have all this hype around this. And if you haven't seen the poster, the poster itself is absolutely gorgeous but, as well. We're looking at it now on the stream. Um, but you had Knives Out last year. Mm-hmm. And... Now I'm kind of concerned that are you gonna do a better Who Done It than Knives Out because that that was a fucking film. And it was that was also kind of the same kind of vein as ensemble cast. You know what I mean? Like kind of a who's yeah, who. lots of big names. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and and so it's one of those things now where well you, you you fucked up the first time and somebody else came in and filled that space and then did it leagues better. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So now it's like with Death on the Nile, we're gonna have to have a very very strong follow up. Yes. This is gonna be. This has to be like a Harry Potter situation when when you do a marathon you can skip the first two. <laughs> well, hold on. I would I would not co-sign on that. 
But uh, but but you know what I mean? Like it has to have a very strong follow up. Like, yeah. Philosopher's Stone and Prisoner of Azkaban, two very different vibes, two very different like leagues of film in yeah. my opinion. I, I, I mean, there's probably some truth to that, but I wouldn't say skip them. I'd just say expect a, jar, a gigantic tonal shift from one to the other. I wouldn't say leagues better, Gabe, but Gabe's dropping fucking uh, controversial topics today. First the pants and now this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now <laughs> dropping controversial pants this week. Absolutely. Hey, man, maybe that'd be the, <laughs> that's going to be the name of the episode, Controversial Pants. Um, but yeah, so it looked very good, though. Um, you know, they spared no expense on shooting this thing, obviously. And I guess we'll have to wait and see what the play is moving forward. Adriana says she wants to see it. I'd imagine that we'd go see it now that movie theaters are opening back up slowly. And uh, it's scheduled to drop on October 23rd, 2020. So that should be quite exciting. Quite exciting stuff. So definitely on the Nile. Looking forward to it. Next. So... I dropped a YouTube uh, reaction to this thing, kind of talking about it, but I didn't want to get too in-depth on the YouTube channel uh, due to uh, I wanted to talk about it here. So the trailer for the Batman uh, dropped. The DC fandom event happened, and they dropped a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of information, and we'll talk about the rest of them going throughout. But, uh, yeah, so the Batman trailer dropped with Robert Pattinson being Bruce Wayne slash the Batman. Have you seen this? Yeah, um, let, let's talk about Pattinson for a second because I love the um, skinny man approach mm-hmm. to Bruce Wayne because Ben Affleck was built like a motherfucker for it, <laughs> and I, I just kind of like the general direction this whole thing is going towards. Mm-hmm. 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 So um, the trailer opened up with the Riddler, right, committing some sort of atrocitous, violent murder, and him leaving his riddles behind. So. I like the fact that they took a, uh, from what it looks like, a serial killer kind of approach to the Riddler. Uh, he's not just kind of this can't be, uh, you know, leaving silly riddles behind for Batman to solve. He's committing very violent murders, and he looks like a fucking psycho. He looks like something the Zodiac Killer would do, you know, and uh, leaving these riddles behind for Batman to, to, to figure out what's going on. And obviously there's this uh, theming of deception and lies. And uh, the Riddler seems to know something that everybody else doesn't. So um, overall, and I mentioned this in the in the video, I am tremendously hyped for this film. Uh, you and I both talked about when Patson was first announced to be the Bats. We, I, I would admit that I was more apprehensive probably than you were. Uh, you said give him a shot, and from the footage I have seen, he looks phenomenal. You know. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Pattinson's really kind of coming into his own as an actor. Him and Daniel Radcliffe had the same kind of trajectory where they both were in these like teen movies growing up, and mm-hmm. like that's kind of like their most memorable role. But uh, Pattinson's kind of stepping up to the plate and doing like these big films, and um, Daniel Radcliffe is doing like the fun indie ones that are like wild and wacky. So it- it's nice seeing their trajectories now. Absolutely. Uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. How do you feel about that? Um, I don't mind. I kind of want to see a little bit more uh, action in regards to that before I make my an assessment. Okay. Yeah, man. So just the tonal choice that they made, like they made Gotham kind of gritty again. Uh, it has somewhat of a Tim Burton feel to it. Not so much that it's like cartoonish, but more so that it's like dark. Everything looks dark. You know, uh, I love the Nolan Batman films, but everything was like it was very urban. You know what I mean? And not so much dark. They try to do that with uh, with Begins, where it kind of went down that path. But after that, you know, they like, oh, the narrows are gone. And they kind of focused on the big architecture of cities and stuff like that. Um, this one's kind of taking a more 
classic kind of I almost look at it as this kind of like an animated series vibe to the how the city looks. You know, so yeah, big uh, big skyscrapers and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark, very dark corners and stuff like that. But I, I said on the the video, man, I was sold when he started to beat the shit out of that thug. I was sold once he started like yeah, you know he, he just fucking started wailing on this guy. I'm like, okay, that's what I need in my life. I need a Bruce Wayne that can do that and convince me. And he convinced me, man. I, I'm excited for this. It is expected to drop next year on October 1st, 2021, and I am just jazzed about it just fucking oodles of excitement for this so please please give uh give the trailer a chance give uh robert patterson a chance and uh i don't think he's gonna disappoint us i really don't and and it's so scary because i am so uh terrified when they pick a new actor to play bats just because i don't want them to fuck it up just because we have val kilmer and fucking george clooney in uh in in the rankings hey man it's the same story with the joker legacy every time a new actor is announced everybody's like oh well he'll never be as good as x what that, Same thing with Heath Ledger, man. Well, that, we, we had this conversation. Yes, yes, and no, because at least we. I think we. Can, it's fair to say that in all the iterations that we've had of the Joker so far on film, there hasn't been a bad one, really, other than uh, Jared Leto. But there really hasn't been a bad one. You know, Heath Ledger did really well. Joaquin Phoenix did really well. Jack Nicholson did really well. Um, for bats, we have bad bat. We have bad bat. Bad Batman actors before, so uh, it is a little little scary to take that jump but i'm sold i'm glad that we got i'm glad we got to see batman with an eye black like that's something we should have seen a lot like bruce wayne with eye black because every time in these films when batman takes off his his cowl there's no eye black even though he's clear as day eye black when he's when he's patrolling the city i don't know it's just one of those little things that yeah bruce wayne should look like he just came back from an mcr concert exactly exactly but yeah all right very excited very excited so this one's moving on yeah uh, so the Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel, they were going to pull a Halloween and just be like, oh, yeah, all the weird in-betweenings don't matter. This is the actual <laughs> sequel. Okay. Um, are facing some sort of um, issues. So uh, we're about a week into filming, and the, the director pretty much said, nah, fuck it. I'm not doing this. What? <laughs> yeah, he said, I'm not doing this. And so now they're just kind of in limbo. I don't know if they have a backup director on plan, but he said, I'm not, I'm not doing this. And I, I you know. We didn't read into it too much in regards to the whys or the hows, but he said, nope, no mas, and left production. And you said you don't know the reason? The Texas Chainsaw no, Massacre. No, we don't, we don't know too much detail, but he, he pretty much just got up and left. And I thought that was kind of amusing, kind of sad, that a week into filming, the director <laughs> just goes, no, I'm not doing this. That is strange. Very strange. Just uh, hand it over to McBride and. Would you stop? <laughs> Get... No, I'm I'm playing, of course. Um, yeah. You know, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre was and still is a pretty solid horror film and such. I don't know if a sequel, reboot, or anything of that nature would. I honestly don't think it would hold up as well today as it did years ago, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I mean, it's a fun film, and but like I rewatched it a couple months ago, and it's just kind of silly to an extent, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm reading. So. I'm reading. Apparently, they shot about 48 hours with, or they were working for about 48 hours, and they got some footage done. And Legendary, who is behind the film, is scrapping everything that they did. So I'm inclined to believe that there was a severe disconnect as far as creative decisions <laughs> between what the directors were doing versus what Legendary wanted them to do. That's my belief on that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Gotta love the uh, corporate America side to making movies, right? Which yeah. Are pieces of art. But that's a whole other debate for another day. Um, that being said, 
Do you think Texas Chainsaw Massacre needs a sequel reboot or anything of that nature? I mean, um, I wouldn't be against it. I think, okay, when it comes to slashers, like, especially slashers that I'm not, like, super connected to, I'm not really worried about that. You know what I mean? I think uh, uh, the, the whole fact that there's a million sequels to all of these things is just part of the charm, you know? Um and they've rebooted it before. They've redone this before, and all that. But you got you said this is supposed to be like a sequel to the original. But still, you know they re- they rebooted this series before, and um, I think the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre was actually pretty well done and super terrifying. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of for this. I'm looking for. I mean, maybe not so much with the issues. I guess we'll have to wait and see how it starts to shape up. But um, that is kind of wild <laughs> that they have uh, that they full bore just said, you know what. You guys are gonna have to go elsewhere with that. Did I tell you? Yeah. Uh, did I re- did I review Doctor Sleep on this podcast? I believe you did. Yes. Did I? Okay. I just wanted to make sure because I, I was drawing a blank. Okay. You cool. Said you fucking loved it. I did fucking love it. But yeah. So uh, very interesting. Very interesting. I'm for it. What do, what do you think, Gabe? You think they should? Uh, do you feel like it's a movie that needs a sequel, or what's your opinion? Um, if we're being honest here, man, the the only slasher sequel I want to see is Freddy vs. Jason Two. <laughs> um. Kind of at this point, uh-huh. uh, you know, excluding the whole Halloween thing because we're both really excited for that. Yeah. Um, that being said, dude, uh, it, th- there's some things you got to let go. You know, there's some things that stay in the 70s and 80s. And um, I- I'm sure someone can pull it off. But with the way this movie is going, yeah. is it worth the time and money invested? Not a and great that's start. The thing. That's something the studio has to decide. Mm-hmm. Not a great start for this film. <laughs> so, yeah, man, that's that's interesting. I'm genuinely curious on how this is going to shape up moving forward. All right. Next up, Dave. You, you, I'm sure we, we've talked about this before. So Little Dicky got his own TV show, right, on, on FX called Dave. I actually watched it a couple weeks ago with the woman. We went straight through it. Uh, there's, like, I think eight episodes to it. It's basically a semi-autobiographical look at his career. And... Uh, it's fucking hilarious, bro. There are scenarios in this in this show, the series that just fucking had me laughing, but also weird and, and you know needed uh, parts where there's like a lot of heart, you know, a lot of like uh, kind of those uh, slowed down Full House moments where like they're actually talking about actual feelings and stuff. And uh, I kind of liked it, man. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But they actually do a pretty good job of making the little Dicky character and Dave kind of a, a symbiotic kind of a thing. So uh, it is quite funny. I think you would enjoy it. Um, and they actually do, a, like I said, a pretty good job talking about a relationship because uh, he has a girlfriend in the in the series. And as he's going throughout the series, he has to make some difficult choices between his relationship and his career. And uh, like I said, semi-autobiographical. It is based on kind of what he went through and he experienced. So I'm a fan of Little Dicky. We've talked about that in the past. And uh, I think everybody who's a fan or even if you're not a fan, you should give this show an opportunity because it is quite funny. So check that out. I think it's on Hulu, uh, the whole series. So definitely check it out. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Paranormal Activity, the reboot. Yes. It might be uh, the, the thought of a reboot might be more terrifying than the concept <laughs> of the first one. <laughs> So, um, yeah, Paranormal Activity might get a reboot. Um, Now, I know there are, like, dark corners of the internet or legions of fans that really love the lore to the Paranormal Activity films. But uh, I'm a big fan of the first one. Uh, I like the first one a lot. But my question is, is that are they going to try to recapture kind of that crazy 
magic that they had with the first one, like kind of keep it simple, or are they going to go full bore and lean into kind of the lore that the other movies established? You know what I mean? Like, because at the end of the day, the first film was just a budget film, simple concept that a guy did in his house, you know, in like a two week time period. And it was good in that in that way. But then typical to horror as a fran- as a genre, they kind of go overboard with it and add too much lore to it. And then it gets really confusing and really contradicts itself as it continues to go. As it continues to grow, it gets further away from the concept. So, I mean, I guess we'll see. Uh, it's really dependent on the spirit of this. How do you feel about Paranormals? Have we talked about that with you? I've seen the first one. I thought it was okay, but it, it, it's again, man. When those um, when those like found footage booms come around, the wave of spinoffs and copycats is in- incredulous. Honestly, look at the Blair Witch Project, the one that kind of mainlined the whole found footage thing. Correct. How many Blair Witch spinoffs that that weren't Blair Witch? Because I know there was like two or three sequels to that film itself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it's just whenever there's a big boom like this, people hop on the bandwagon. It's really kind of hard for me to separate the crap from gold sometimes. And I did like the first Paranormal Activity. I didn't see any of the other ones, but my buddies tell me, like, yeah, Marked Ones is really good, and it, like, ties back around into the first film, blah, blah, blah. Like, man, that's cool and all, but, like, uh, for, for lack of better terms, man, it's almost kind of a gimmick. You are, like, um, you are losing yourself in the fiction that this is indeed found footage and not a film. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, some films do a really good job at, job at that, and other films just don't. And I, I, I just don't know how I feel about the genre as a whole. Maybe we should let it sleep for a little bit. And Think then so? welcome its return in, like, 2030. <laughs> Gabe's just trying to fucking put a genre to sleep for 10 years. Um, no, I, uh, I mean, th- there is a lot to be said about found footage, like the Cloverfields, the Blair Witches, mm-hmm. the Haunting of Deborah Logans, whatever you want to, mm-hmm. you know, whichever angle you want to take. It's just a matter of paranormal activity is now in this weird cyclical nature that we found Halloween, that we found Texas Chainsaw Massacre in, and it's like, where do you draw the line? Where do you stop? There's so many different ideas going on, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And granted, paranormal has been more um, tightly knit with all of this, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to like the 80s slashers. But it's just one of those things, man, where like people need to sit down and be like, OK, are we doing this for the money? Yes. <laughs> OK, let's make another one. Yeah, this is true. Well, like I think um, the difference between because there is definitely um, some comparisons to be made between, like you said, the found footage boom as well with, uh, you know, the slasher boom of the 80s and stuff like that. But I. I think with the the found footage boom, I think as opposed to slashers in the 80s where they just felt the need to just up the bounty count and up the, the gore factor or like the, the ridiculousness of the kills, I think that the, the found footage uh, genre went like, well, let's just invest into our story. And then they got really lost in that way. You know what I mean? And uh, I think that's kind of the funny disconnect between those two but yeah they're, they they do line up pretty pretty evenly as far as kind of just being the hot thing that everybody wanted to do that made a bazillion dollars off the bat and then um you know just kind of faded up to obscurity after the fact but j- just like the, 80, the, the 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 slasher thing this found footage thing seems to be emerging a little bit again so i guess we we'll have to wait and see this is our generation's version of that correct yeah you're probably right about that it's kind of so, interesting it- it, it, it's one of those things, man, no, and uh, I've had this conversation with Greg where um, once people realize that there's um, – so we're planning an episode for exploration in regards to an entire genre of music, mm-hmm. and my general sum up of my thoughts and feelings is that 
initially there's creative people, there's passionate people, there's people that do, that are doing this because they love this. Mm-hmm. And people latch on and then they eventually make money. But the problem is, is when the leeches come around and they see that you can make money off this and aren't in it for the project or the work itself. Mm-hmm. And that's when everything becomes diluted. Mm-hmm. And I think this is exactly what's happening in this aspect. And, you know, you know what? I may be totally wrong. This may be a phenomenal film. This may be the the second best paranormal activity we get. Mm-hmm. But it's a matter of time. But at the moment, it's just one of those things where it's like, who is behind the helm? Do you have somebody who's like, I love these movies. I know everything inside and out. I watch the director's cut. I watch commentaries. Or do you have bigwig corporate type people behind it going like, ah, yeah, fuck it. Give them a camera. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. I don't imagine this would be coming out anytime soon. Um, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. When did the first Paranormal come out? Was that to like 2007? Does that sound about right to you? Paranormal Activity came out in... Paranormal. T- yep, 2007. Nice. You're pretty good with these like movie years, you know that? Yeah, because I, I, I connect them to like years in high school. <laughs> that's that's my... That's, ah, you know, that, that makes all the sense. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I saw that freshman year. What was that? 2007. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, cool. Excellent. So that is movies, TVs, and books. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good if I say so myself. So next up, we got some gaming stuff. Gabe, I believe the first one's you. Yes. So uh, Halo Infinite was uh, delayed till next year, and they said we want more time to work on this game. We don't want to deliver a half-assed product. Um, so I'm kind of excited for Halo Infinite. Um, I know the series has been kind of flippity floppity with the with the masses recently. Um, that being said, I think I kind of have an issue with their presentation of this now i don't actually know if the game is done or not Mm. uh so you know take this with a grain of salt i think they're delaying it because the whole pandemic thing bro Mm -hmm. i I feel like um especially like artists and musicians are sort of delaying their releases to when things eventually start to normalize Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and i think what microsoft and um 343 industries are doing at the moment (laughs) Is that they're waiting for the Xbox One or the uh, the Series X? There we go. The Xbox Series X mm-hmm. to kind of come out, get some footing, and then they're going to drop it. Yeah, I, I could see that because because you think that uh, a franchise like Halo would be a drop title, like a launch title, yeah. right? Yeah. Um. So, and like I said, I really don't know. Maybe they're just not done with the game, and maybe. It's just one of those things. Like, there's rumors circulating the internet that, like, they're going to drop uh, multiplayer first and the story will come at a later date. Like what? Some franchises have been doing. And, you know, that, like I said, take all this with a grain of salt. All we know is that it's delayed. And the reason they stated was that they want more time to deliver a better finished product. Huh. If they need to put that clear code and that sparkle on it, totally respect it. But I, I don't know if I believe that 100%. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little funny. Uh, so it was supposed to drop this year, you said? Um. Uh. Yeah. When was it supposed to drop? Let me look. <laughs> uh, okay. Hold on. Halo Infinite. So it was supposed to drop December 2020. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I think it's very much possible. I think once um, the yeah, it's delayed until next year, so 2021, and it was supposed to be a launch title. So I was I was right. Okay. So I'd imagine that with uh, like you said, with the pandemic and whatnot, that uh, this is like. During this this phase of time was when the game was going to get into like crunch time because you know we've we've read articles about crunch time when it comes to the gaming industry right how they have to hit their their mark and with the pandemic it's like well everybody go home you know how how are you supposed to hit that mark when everybody's forced to go home you know so 
I could see that being a problem, being the reason why I got delayed, for sure. I could for sure see that. So you might be right. I mean, like you said, uh, there's really no way of knowing. I'm sure after uh, the game gets dropped, I'm sure we'll probably have articles about it because that's usually how that happens. But, yeah, I could probably see that happening. So you talked about, like, the, kind of the, the up, ups and downs of the Halo community. Uh, now, I'm, a, I'm an outsider when it comes to the whole Halo thing because I've never owned an Xbox. So uh, when is the, like, the, the official line in the sand when it comes to Halo fans? Like, because from what I understand, obviously the first Halo was, like, universally loved. Was it the second one, the third one? When did the games the, or the community start to get split on opinion, public opinion on the matter? Well, I think everybody has a favorite Halo game, but I think the community started to get divided around the Halo 4 mark. Mm-hmm. And um, the Halo community is very like cyclical in nature, so when the new Halo comes out, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, the previous one wasn't that bad. And then the one two prior, they're like, oh, that one was phenomenal. It was the best one. Yeah. And then it kind of cycles through. And then actually, you know, I, I resend my comment. It's when Halo Reach came out that okay. people were starting to get divided on these things. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just one of those things where, like, you play the new one and you, like, initially hate it because it's not like the old one. They made some weird changes that you're not used to. Mm-hmm. And then you get used to it, and then the new one comes out, and you're like, you know, the previous one wasn't that bad. And then now you find yourself playing the Halo from two gens ago talking about, yeah, this one's the best one. <laughs> it, it's just one of those things, man, where it's like the the, the changes, uh, especially with 343 at the helm, They've mm-hmm. sort of made a lot of interesting changes, and they've streamlined the multiplayer combat. Halo is a very unique feel, and they've sort of added like the sprint in, which wasn't in Halo Three. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, they, they've made changes to make multiplayer faster and stuff like that. They were they're trying to make it like competitively viable against all the other big shooters, and it is mm-hmm. what it is. Interesting. All right, so uh, I'm sure we'll get more information on that as it gets closer to release. But Halo Infinite, unfortunately, delayed. Next up, Gotham. Nights. So, <laughs> this is something that uh, I am just fucking livid for. The livid. That's not the word I'm looking for. I am just like, just jazzed about it, dude. Like, I'm just, I'm excited as fuck is the word. So, Gotham Knights is the next Batman game. Uh, who is this? Is that Ubisoft, uh, Ubisoft Montreal behind that, I believe? Um, doing oh i'm sorry ubisoft uh warner brothers montreal is behind uh this so not rocksteady and not associated to the arkham games at all but uh basically the premise is it is a batman game without batman all right apparently uh bruce wayne's death has occurred and he sent a message to his family the bat family and lets him know that hey i'm dead and you guys need to fucking handle it you know what I mean? Basically, right? And it features Red Wing, uh, Batgirl, Robin, and Red Hood. And all of which who have their unique play styles and abilities. And um, I think we mentioned before that there was a game coming out, a Batman game. We didn't know much about it, but it was the rumored that it was going to be about the Court of Owls, right? We, we mentioned that. And uh, this is it. This is that project that we, uh, that we, that we reported on before. And it's here. They dropped a trailer. Have you seen it? Yes, it looks really good, and I love the take on this. I love the whole idea behind it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know because, from what I understand, we don't know a whole lot about how exactly the execution is going to play out. Like, is this going to be a multiplayer game where you could have four people on the map together and have them kind of do their own missions and do own thing, or is this something where? As the game goes on, you'll be switching in between the characters is the question. So I'm not sure exactly yet. Uh, I'm sure once more footage 
comes out, um, we'll be able to figure out figure that out. But just visually, it is stunning. It is a stunning, stunning, beautiful game. You know, and uh, I am quite proud of uh, how well how great this looks. <laughs> you know, and uh, like I said, a lot of things going on. Apparently, uh, Jim Gordon is dead too. And uh, yeah, it's up to this next generation of Bat Fam to handle the the the, the troubles in Gotham. So um, we haven't it took us about a hundred years, but we can <laughs> finally start taking creative liberties with how we pursue the bats, and I love it. Yep, 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 yep. And uh, just one of those uh, one of those things that really blew me away over uh, over the DC fandom situation is just it looks so it just looks ridiculous, you know, and. Um, yeah, man, I'm just I'm just excited about it. So it is it is Tim Drake, Robin. That's something that I was curious about. All right, so yeah, apparently it's dropping next year as well, 2021. Uh, I'm definitely gonna get it on the next gen for sure because it just looks too good. You can't not. And they showed us a little bit of footage, and it kind of had um I don't want to say RPG kind of feel to it. Uh, well, maybe it did. Uh, where it kind of had like when you do damage to people, it had like numbers pop up over their head. Uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And like I said, it, it looks like it's not. Arkham, which is uh, going to be a nice change of pace. The Arkham games were excellent. The combat was really fluid and kind of freeform. Uh, but it looks like this uh, is kind of a different take. And just excited. Warner Brothers uh, Montreal uh, looks really good. And I'm sure we will have a review when it's go time. And like I said, we will definitely follow up on the footage as it moves forward. So, yeah, man. Excellent, excellent stuff. Let's keep moving. So, Ghost of Tsushima is, uh, you know, I guess they're dropping co-op. Right, where you and a buddy will be able to hop into the open world of the Ghost of Tsushima and fuck some people up, fuck up some Mongols, and I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm still playing the game, haven't finished it yet. I just honestly, dude, I've been getting lost in the the side missions and stuff. The game is beautiful, man, and um, the, the way they present the side missions feels of the same quality in a lot of ways of like the main story stuff. So, especially when it comes to a lot of, a lot of artwork and all that, so it should be fun. Uh, if you're a PlayStation person, I would recommend getting Ghost of Tsushima and playing it and having a good old time. But yeah, that's coming too. Next, let's get into it. Uh, so the Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War trailer um, dropped. It looked really good. It's going to be 500 hours of you like loading your gun but not actually shooting. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so the game looks good. Um, well, let's talk about the game before we get into the controversies mm-hmm. first. Um, I think that uh, with the Modern Warfare Legacy, the new one is so massive. How are you going to push a new Call of Duty on us? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're going to have your people that buy the yearly COD every year, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. But dude, this this one has some crazy staying power. And with the um, sheer amounts of love and content updates it's getting, mm-hmm. I feel like you're going to have a hard time getting a lot of these Modern Warfare players to hop over to Cold War. Yeah, I can see that kind of being a problem. Um yeah, I can see that being a problem. But the thing is about this, um, it's I think Call of Duty has kind of taken a weird turn in the last couple of uh, years where they were not very story-centric at all. And obviously with the new Modern Warfare that, that dropped last year, uh, it became very story centric. Like they had a, a like a lot of a lot of well thought out moments in the story and a lot of very interesting, intriguing kind of ways they took the story and made it kind of cool. Made it cool to like the Call of Duty campaign again. Right. And then Black Ops, and you and I mentioned it before, being one of the most centralized when it comes to the story, how it was very important to the package and the previous game not having it, uh, you know, you definitely missed it. And this, um, it just looks really good. 
it just looks like they took their time with it, even though they were rushed, you know, because they, they dropped the developer in the, in the, in the process. Uh, it just looks really good. It looks well thought out. And apparently a, a lot of this stuff is based on real life situations, you know, um, and that's exciting, you know, because it, it's almost like a history lesson in some way. And obviously they're going to blow up some moments and stuff like that and make it a lot cooler than it actually was, especially when it comes to the Cold War, because there's only so much you can talk about. But, um, yeah, they, they took some moments and it looks really, really cool. Um, I wanted to talk about how they revealed this thing real quick. So um, I, I've never seen such active cross promotion between developers. Or between, uh, yeah, studios between uh, Infinity Ward and uh, Treyarch before. But in Warzone, they had a whole event that went down for the reveal trailer. Uh, basically, you hopped in a Warzone map and they had like a little objective for you to complete to unlock uh, like a blueprint. It's called the Bay of Pigs. It was like a sniper rifle. And they had woods in the game, and, like physically in the, <laughs> in the Warzone map. Uh, and... After you completed that, there, like, there was like a timer. Once the timer was complete, you were able to run to the center of the map and then they dropped the trailer on your head. So I thought that was really cool, um, especially when it comes to like the map changes that they made to it. Like they blacked out all the names of the sections of the map and all that and really made it kind of fit that Black Ops aesthetic, which was kind of a unique thing. I have never seen that level of participation between those two before. So that was pretty cool and unique. And I'm pretty excited about it. But I do agree with you. There will be some uh, people who will not immediately make the jump, I think, to Black Ops Cold War. Now, with that being said, I think a large portion of that is due to Warzone. I don't know, because they haven't announced it, obviously, if they're going to have their version of that in um, in the new Call of Duty. Uh, I've heard rumors that maybe perhaps Warzone is just going to be something that's going to be handed handed over to the next guy and they just keep adding content to it because it's kind of make it kind of like his own standalone thing i don't know um what what if you were treyarch and you knew that uh this game did receive a large amount of love the previous game what would you do to try to capitalize on that and try to uh convince players to jump over to the next gen or to the next game what would you do uh I, I don't have a solution for you, dude. I really don't, because um, this is this is the problem that we've encountered. I, I feel like Call of Duty has is at an all time high mm-hmm. since probably Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare Two. Mm-hmm. And um, h- how do you get people to jump? How do you get people to bite? And that's that's the question, because Warzone is free. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, do you have the new developer add on to that? That's not necessarily a bad idea, mm-hmm. but then but then what's going to make you want to get the full game? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you're just strictly playing Warzone. Yeah, this is true. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, now if you're adding in, like, uh, like if somebody purchased something in Warzone, right? Like, now where do those funds go? Does that mm-hmm. go towards Sledgehammer? Does that go towards Ravenloft? Like, you know, like, which developer does that go towards, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. And it, it, it's a big kind of question mark where we have this big hulking titan, and how do we proceed it? Yeah, for sure, because this is the first time in COD history where where the game is now is a higher point than it was when the game came out as far as hype you know oh absolutely because you know you you've been there you know the new Call of Duty comes out everybody loves it it's the most hype thing in the world everybody says it's great and then as time goes on public opinion starts to change uh and people slowly but surely start to fall off and just wait for the next one uh now I'm a Treyarch fan but uh I was just starting to get 
comfortable with my spots in the new Call of Duty. Now, am I going to get Cold War? Absolutely, because I am a Treyarch fan and I love the Black Ops name. Uh, but for a lot of people, like you said, it's going to be kind of hard uh, to just leave Modern Warfare because they're in the middle of a new season right now. The game drops in what, November? So that's three months from now or two months from now because it's right at the end of August. You know, um, what's next? It's going to be kind of hard to tell. Are we going to have Blackout 2? Because, you know, you know, the first Black Ops or the Black Ops 4 had their version of, of Battle Royale. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But it's definitely... Yeah, Activision's got some uh, card sorting to do. Absolutely. Because sure. it's definitely a spot they haven't been in before, you know, because usually they'd they be able to hype up, oh, man, the new game, thanks for playing the old one, but the new one's going to be this one, that, and uh, with the, the way they kind of introduced content to uh, Modern Warfare... It's kind of hard to just let that go, especially if they are planning on not doing the exact same with Black Ops Cold War, you know. So, um, but with that being said, man, visually the game is fucking stunning. They said the the footage was uh, recorded using uh, PlayStation Five. It just looks just fucking ridiculous. Oh my god! So yeah, uh, def- definitely going to be interesting with that. You said now who you added? And, uh, yeah, go ahead. So the trailer was banned in China because it showed footage of Tiananmen Square. Um, that's kind of it. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. No, it's banned in China. I, uh, at least the trailer. I don't know if they're going to ban the full game or if they're going to have to make a Chinese version. But, yep, it showed footage of Tiananmen Square and, you know, the whole uh, suppression thing going on over there. So, yikes. Yeah, big yikes. Excellent. Okay, not excellent, but interesting. All right. Uh, Siege. So, the game that continues to grow and just continues to get better, kind of in the same vein as that Modern Warfare we were just talking about. Rainbow Six Siege, man. Uh, they have introduced some very unique changes to Siege this season. Like game-altering changes. Outside of the fact they released a new operator. The operator's name is Zero. You may know him as Sam Fisher of Splinter Cell. And first off, he looks fucking badass. His gadget's amazing. and uh, I love the uh, the age they put on him. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, these fucking kids need to get off my lawn. <laughs> Basically, that's what he looks like to me. Shit, because he's like the original, right? I guess in, in some kind of weird way. Um, so they had that action. But they've made some severe changes to the gameplay in a very interesting way. So, number one, uh, reinforcements. Reinforcements aren't the way they used to be. Because it used to be every app would get two, right? And you were expected to... Um, you know, put it on the map, and everybody was expected to use their reinforcements, all that, right? Now, it's in a pool. It's a pool system, right? So, the team gets 10 total, and one person could put down all 10 if they wanted to. You know what I mean? And uh, that's unique. That's something that, um, actually, I think it's a wonderful idea. Because how I ma- think it'll make uh, roaming and anchoring a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Um because like I said, you could you you could kind of instead of having just your your teammate run off and um, you know kind of not drop their gadgets or not drop their 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 reinforcements, you could do it for them and you could kind of strategize that way. It becomes part of your strategy, um, making sure people reinforce and all that and having the pull. I, I think it's kind of a unique change. Also, another big change is that some operators will come with a hard breach, like a gadget that they can hard breach reinforce walls now. So that's unique. It kind of changes the dynamic. Um, it's not a situation where you kill a thermite and a, uh, 
you kill the, the thermite and the fucking uh, Habana, and suddenly there's no way to get into your site. Uh, there are multiple people who can get in, and also kind of a, a unique change of pace. Why do you think they made these changes like that, Gabe? I really don't know. It feels like a hard nerf towards the hard breachers, if I'm being honest with you. I'm kind of a li- little bit upset with the way they approach that, I guess. It really depends on how big these holes are going to be that the gadgets make. Uh, for, they, um, they are climbable. Like, you can climb through them, but it's not the same size as, like, a thermite. It's, like, half the size, but you can climb through it. It's foldable. Uh, yeah, I, I, still kind of on the fence. Um, we got to see how it plays, because Ubisoft's pretty good at when they make changes and it's god-awful, they'll, like, you know, <laughs> fix it. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll see how it plays. I, I don't like the idea, but I, I kind of understand the utility behind it. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things we got to play by ear. Do you think it'll increase the speed of the game? Oh, I think it'll make those um, last-minute clutches a lot more butt-clenching, that's for sure. Mm, you think so? Oh, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, man, um, this is a game that continues to evolve and get better. They made changes to Chalet. Um, interesting changes. Just overall, man, I, I need to hop back on. It's been a while since I've played Siege, and I really want to get back into it, so maybe that's something that I'll have to stream down the road because now it's almost like a completely different game from when the last time I played it, which is maybe about six months ago. So um, very unique. And uh, again, Siege, we, you and I have spoke uh, wonderful things about it in the past, just continuing to be the game that evolves, and that's why it continues to stay relevant. So we're excellent. At the, uh, we're at Ubisoft's supposed half-life mark at the moment with Rainbow Six Siege. So, yeah, and uh, you know, I think it's been you, about five years. I think you mentioned that it's on the docket for fi- for the five. So. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I see if they can make that. Uh, they can make that uh, th- that leap and uh, do what Destiny couldn't. You know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Crazy, crazy! I can't believe the game is still relevant. It's insane. All right, cool. Next, let's get into music news and reviews. Uh, so we have two topics on here. One of them: Spotify released a new feature called uh, Spotify Sessions. Okay. So it's pretty cool. You uh, create a link, send it to your buddies, and uh, up to five of you can be in a session. Mm-hmm. And you can queue up whatever you want, skip tracks, pause play, all that good stuff. Um, unfortunately, with my group of friends, we can't have anything nice. So the moment we all got in a group session, somebody queued up, um, you know, like 007 Soundscape, um, <laughs> the Shrek soundtrack, um, <laughs> Russian war music, and then continuously like paused played paused played paused played talking about stop remixing the fucking song and let it play i did think it was a pretty cool feature though well i mean don't you i mean in our group chat don't we kind of have that already though kind of sort of uh with uh the discord bot yeah yeah um i'm saying this is like for spotify though you know okay. what i mean so like one of my buddies when he drives from work home he'll just send a link but he'll be like queue up whatever you want interesting hmm yeah, so you said this is new. When did they drop this? Uh, about a week or two ago. So it's still kind of in the beta phase. There's mm-hmm. still some changes to be made and such. But like I said, it is pretty cool. You can queue up whatever you want, and you can kind of uh, – it's a uh, group-controlled music player that everybody can tune into. It's kind of like uh, harking back to the old days, like the 70s, when you and your bikes would get together and bring, like, your vinyls. You know what I mean? And Okay, this one's done. Yeah, except more annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, probably. Uh, but it's because it's not our fault your friends are a group of weirdos. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, that's kind of cool. Um, what what did my wife say? I, my wife said something similar about the Movies Anywhere app, how you could have a session of people watching the movie and you guys can make comments as the movie goes on. 
So I thought that was kind of unique. Um, yeah, man, this is just like uh, with the whole quarantine and stuff like that, we found a way to digitally get together and hang out. I guess it's kind of a kind of a weird thing. More more so than ever. I don't know. That's kind of cool. But yeah, so there's that. And next, this is also you. Okay, so I put an album on here that I reviewed. This album is called "Sex, Love, and the Infinite Void" by a band called Creeper. Um, mm-hmm. All right, where, where do where do I? Deal with it? I want you to imagine if like Gerard Way <laughs> and Ville Valo had like a weird little love child, right? Okay. Um, and this is what you get with the front man of Creeper. This dude is crazy charismatic. You toss in some Phantom of the Opera vibes, and you have this weird goth poppy punky really good vibes big courses band that is known as creeper Mm -hmm. um and so this album uh i was actually really shocked (laughs) with how good this album is this is um if you grew up listening to him if you grew up listening to yellow card if you grew up and you remember what hot topic looked like in the old days Mm -hmm. um you're gonna like this man there's a lot of good upbeat like four or year strong because that whole conversation um there's a lot of good upbeat summary tracks on this that just make you want to cruise with your windows down man it's nice and fun but the subject matters are kind of weird and creepy and serious and i kind of dig it bro it's like the best of all these different like subgenres. if you're a theater kid if you're a drama kid um this did craig bot leave oh did he leave Hold on. Fail to join if I persistently fail to join Amy. Oh, he did leave. What the fuck? Uh-oh. Uh, about no. Uh-oh. Uh, Bring him back. Is that, is that what I do? So it'll be two pieces then, right? In theory? Now recording. That was weird. He's never done that before. All right. Well, that works, I guess. Yep. Um, but this album is for your theater kids. This album is for your band kids. This album is for everybody that wasn't popular in high school, man. I love it. I love it to shreds. And I, I'm, it's like a very delightful nine. You know that? Oh, okay. Even though this that's, is a really good album, even though that's not how we grade things around here, Gabe. Uh, oh, right. So I'll give it, I'll give it like an a minus, man. It, it's properly okay. fun. I think you'd get a good kick out of it. There's a lot of good, like songwriting in it. The instrumentality is really nice, and the production's simple and clean. Nothing over the top crazy going on. And then what I really like was that they interjected these like narrative vocal pieces throughout the album. So like the oh, there's like an opening, right? And it's like it sounds like they're reading a poem, and it's just like narrating the story that expands throughout the album. It's really wonderful. Hmm. They're not they don't overstay their welcome. They're like twenty to thirty five seconds a piece, and you kind of gather more information and stuff about it as it goes on. I think it's really creative. I think it's a fucking awesome album. And, dude, if you don't know Creeper, you should definitely check it out. And I know we don't usually cover a lot of, like, outside, you know, the core scene stuff here. Mm-hmm. But, dude, this is this is right up there with uh, Death Throws for me at the moment. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, no, it's re- I was, like, sh- surprised at how good this thing is. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, man, uh, even the title sounds like something him would come up with. <laughs> straight up i'm telling you this this album this album is a culmination of the last 20 to 30 years of building on like the goth and emo aesthetic you know what i mean yeah because there's no way creeper would have happened without bands like mcr without bands like him and things of that nature this is just a culmination now we've kind of hit this weird apex where being goth is socially acceptable now you know whereas 15 years ago it was like oh <laughs> you're one of those huh i got you for sure all right so, cool 
check it out. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Yeah, man. Honestly, bro, like when it comes to music, I haven't really been into anything, really. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Lincoln Park recently, to be honest. I don't know why. It's just weird. How did you like that um, that bonus track that they released after 20 I, years? I heard that 10 years ago. So, <laughs> yeah, gotcha, gotcha. It, it was the first time they released it in like a high definition, but I heard that a while ago. It, it was cool. Um, she couldn't. It was pretty cool. But I got the whole super duper mega... Uh, edition of Hybrid Theory, the 20th anniversary of Hybrid Theory. So that's going to be coming in October. So uh, did you get the record? Did you get the CD? I got the, the super mega edition. So I got everything, everything. So uh, it's going to be kind of cool. Maybe I'll review that when I uh, when I get it. But yeah, oh, you should do an unboxing on your live stream. Oh, now you're thinking. See, Gabe's thinking of stuff. Giving me quality materials. I like it. Excellent, man. So yeah, man. That was the. I guess that was the episode of the Second City Kids podcast. Uh, when it comes to uh, posting this up Hopefully it won't be a problem I'll be able to connect those two pieces of podcast together It should be an issue If not, I guess I'll have to figure something out uh, But yeah man, that was episode 161 Of the Second City Kids Podcast Thank you guys for joining us today uh, You know, you guys know the deal Twitter, uh, Snapchat, Tumblr, all that uh, We are at Second City Kids I've also been live streaming uh, So check that out I plan on live streaming a little bit later today Maybe tonight, I don't know what I'm going to do yet But we'll figure it out But yeah, so that was the episode of the Second City, City, ah, Second City Kids Podcast Thank you guys for joining me. Signing out for Jacob and Gabe. Deuces. Thank you guys for joining us this week on the Second City Kids podcast. You can like us on iTunes, Google, anywhere else podcasts are found. Any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at secondcitykids at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, deuces. Deuces.